Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hi there, it's Keith, creator of the Book of Constellations. All 16 episodes of Chapter 1 are now available for you to listen to, but the story isn't over yet. We have some fun new things coming for the show, and the best way to find out about them is to sign up for our newsletter. It'll have information about special events, announcements, merchandise, and other shows we've been working on. Plus, you'll get exclusive commentary and behind-the-scenes information not found elsewhere. To sign up, visit bookofconstellations.com. And let's stay connected. The Book of Constellations Written, produced, and performed by W. Keith Timms Chapter 1, verse 16. Rail doesn't bother to hide. He strides up the driveway toward the governor's house. There are still four police officers inside, with the man himself. The SWAT truck and a cruiser are left untended outside. The rest of the governor's defenders are locked out of this gated community. They'll eventually find a way back in, but there's time. Time enough for Rail to do what he's come to do. He puts out the lights. All of them. The whole neighborhood is plunged into night. Then, like an athlete, shedding a jacket as he walks onto the field, he pulls off his poncho and lets it fall to the ground in his wake. He is stripped to the waist, showing his thin, hard physique, his long arms, and his grim countenance. The sky is alive with stars, and Rail's body glows unearthly blue, reflecting off the driveway and the trees. There's commotion inside the house, Flashlights come on, their beams darting in panicked sweeps, 
visible through the windows. Rail has silenced their radios, but more than this, he has replaced the hiss of an open channel with a menacing electronic howl. That's all they can hear now over their comms, like some sort of beast living in the airwaves. The expensive stereo in the living room comes on, and that howl roars out of its powerful speakers, rattling the windows. Then the lights inside the house start to flick on and off, impossibly fast, like so many strobe lights. There are a couple of TVs in the house, a desktop computer, phones and tablets, and several laptops belonging to the governor and law enforcement. All of them come alive. Their screens show Rael's own face, even with his sunglasses, staring fixedly out. The whole house is gripped in an electronic nightmare. Rail has reached the police vehicles parked in the driveway. I am limping behind, watching in alarm at the sensory chaos that boils from the heart of the house and spills out of its windows. He opens the back of the SWAT truck, looking for something. But he doesn't see the police officer charging out the front door, her pistol in hand, hyperventilating, terrified. Rail, look out! She doesn't ask for surrender. She just fires. Before she finishes lining up her shot, though, Rail tears the door from the truck with one hand, like it was a sheet of paper, and holds it out in front of him like a shield. Her shots smash into the reinforced metal one after the other, until she suddenly turns the gun on me. I try to get behind the cruiser, but I slip on the gravel, fall down, land on my hip. That's when she screams and collapses, one hand to her head. Her earpiece has started shrieking now, so loud and shrill she can't even think. As she falls over, she drops her pistol. Rail picks it up and hurls it into the night. I think it must have reached the next lot over. He then drops the door, goes into the SWAT van, and returns with a gas mask and a string of tear gas grenades. The officer is clawing at her ear until she manages to pull her calm free, tries to get to her feet, get her nightstick out, he methodically pops open one of the grenades and drops it at her feet, then tosses me the mask. The gas spreads out over the driveway in an oily cloud, and I waste no time getting that mask on. Just like the pepper spray, the gas doesn't seem to affect Rael in the slightest, but it overwhelms the officer. I struggle back to my feet in pain, but it's no worse than I've had before. The officer is coughing and blind, and we leave her to stagger her way out of the smoke. Inside the house, Rail's face on all the screens has been replaced with the images of the remaining police officers. Their badge photos, candid shots, high school yearbooks, baby photos, all in a rotating slideshow, flickering feverishly. I can't imagine what that must feel like to see your own face on every screen while out in the dark something is coming for you. The lights have gone out again, save for that cast by Rael himself as he walks purposefully along the side of the house. But that ferocious electronic howl remains. He points me to the front door, which the officer has left open. Wait here. <laughs> then he leaps, and just like that, he's on the roof, striding toward the skylight. Inside, the house lights start to come on in sequences, patterns, like... Some sort of invisible entity is running from room to room, and everything lights up where they are, and then goes dim when they have run past. 
The police are inside, clustered in the atrium, following the manic paths of the lights with their trembling guns, yelling helplessly into their radios. Everything goes dark. Lights, screens, even the stereo. The whole house is swallowed in the black silence. Then the gas grenades come flying in through the skylight, shards of glass falling like rain. The police choke as the atrium fills up with the chemical smoke. The cops are overwhelmed. One of them fires randomly at the ceiling, the muzzle flash lighting up the atrium for a split second. But then it's just too much. They're wheezing, coughing, and crawling on the floor. And then Rael himself drops through the shattered window, wearing only secondhand jeans and my old sneakers, shining like he's made of starlight, landing with grace and power. Methodically, he disarms the officers, hurling the guns away through the windows of the house. The police feebly grab at him, try to restrain him, but a flick of his wrist and they fall to the floor again. He says each of their full names. Then, leave. Do not attempt to return. They run past me, barely able to see and scared out of their minds. All right, Simon, Rael says, meaning it's safe for me to enter. I limp on inside, my breath sounding hollow in the gas mask, but he doesn't wait for me. He's leaving the atrium and heading for the home office, dropping another hissing grenade as he goes. The governor is behind his desk, a final barricade, a pistol in his hands pointed at the closed door to his office. He's in his shirt sleeves, his tie loose, his graying hair mussed, his dark eyes wide full of fear. The computer on his desk alights with Rail's grim face. Every speaker in the house, every phone, every radio speaks in unison with it. The darkness is not welcome on this world. Where are the ashes? The governor's reply is violence. The pistol kicks in his hand several times, bullets tearing through the office door, tear gas trickling in through the holes. Rail's electronic and ghostly face on the screen does not react. Surrender, Governor. It ends tonight. He's terrified, jumping at shadows. He thinks he sees something near the window, and he fires again and again. More shots smashing the glass, the wall, the books on their shelves. His lips pulled back in animal fury. Blue light begins to shine through the holes in the office door, and he fires there again and again and again until the gun clicks empty. The office door swings open. A cloud of tear gas rolls in, lit blue, like an eerie fog. Then Rael walks through, staring him down. Implacable. Impossible. Inexplicable. The governor reaches for another magazine on his desk, but in a blur, Rail is on him, taking the gun from his hand, hurling it away. Rail grabs the governor and climbs onto the desk, dragging the man with him by the front of his shirt. Where are the ashes? When he doesn't answer, he lifts the governor off his feet, holding him in both fists, dangling over his desk. Where are the ashes the governor 
feebly gestures to a wall safe behind the desk. Rail lets him fall. He steps off of the desk and effortlessly tears the door from the front of the safe. And then, with only the slightest bit of trepidation, he reaches inside. I don't know what Rael was expecting to find, but all that's there is a file folder. His brows knit as he opens it, begins to read, the confusion on his face growing with every page he turns. The governor is coughing, dragging himself up onto his desk chair. What is this? Rael demands of him. This is... this is not... The governor's hand trembles. That's it. Six ashes golf course. Fine. You've ruined me. I've limped into the office and am leaning against the door frame. My voice is muffled by the gas mask. Rael, uh, what is it? The folder trembles in his hands. This is... is a survey. He and a developer had plans to build a golf course, but they discovered an unrecorded African slave cemetery on the property. They built it anyway, and didn't tell anyone. They covered it up. But what does that have to do with the darkness? Rael lets the papers fall from his fingers, and I watch them flutter to the carpet, stirring the wisps of tear gas. Nothing. This is nothing. Nothing but another terrible thing done by a terrible person to feed his own greed. There must be more. He snatches up the governor and slams him down on the desk, bringing his face inches from his own. Tell me about the darkness. Show it to me. The governor struggles feebly, but he's having a hard time breathing. I don't know what you're talking about. Rail then pulls off his sunglasses, lets them fall onto the desk. The governor's face is bathed in ghostly light. It's his eyes. Rail's eyes. They shine like every firefly of summer, like the mournful signals of forgotten lighthouses. Like the memory of all the fallen stars you've ever seen. It is breathtaking and heartbreaking. But at the moment, for the governor and me, it is terrifying. Rail's glowing eyes fall upon the governor. Show me the darkness! But the governor has nothing to show him. Only his mystified and awestruck face. Rail stares at him with an expression that wavers between fury and pleading. The governor stares back, impotent, broken, and confused. Eventually, Rail says, You're just a man. And he lets him fall. Rail stands there, lost, turning this way and that his eyes illuminating the cloudy air like searchlights seeking a landmark. Rael, I ask. He staggers away from the helpless governor a couple of steps. There is no darkness. There never was. It's just you. 
There is no ancient evil destroying your world. It's just evil. Evil that is in all of you. And evil that was in my people, too. How could I be so wrong? Rail, uh, I'm sorry. It makes no sense. I don't... I don't understand. God, he looks so sad. I don't know what to do now. I don't know what this means. There is no darkness. There's only us. It would be easy for me to say that I had my doubts all along. That I always found it a little preposterous. But that would be lying. I believed. I wanted to blame all the terrible things that we do to ourselves on something else. If it's not our fault, it's easier to bear. A simple explanation that gives hope for the future. But Rael's path was never going to be simple. And I don't think Rael himself realized this completely until this moment. It's getting really hard for me to breathe in this mask and my legs are burning. I slump against the wall and slide to the floor, my head swimming. You, uh, you better get out of here. They'll find a way in soon. Next thing I know, he's picking me up in his arms like I weigh nothing at all. He carries me through the smoke-filled house, leaving the weasoned governor to fend for himself. When he reaches the smashed skylight in the atrium, he looks up at the starry sky and leaps. And just like that, we're on the roof. He carries me to a flat spot, sets me down, takes off the mask so I can breathe in the cold night air. While I steady myself, he turns away to look at the heavens, his body shining into the dark. I say to him, back on that first night, you did say that you would carry me, (coughs) didn't you? (coughs) He doesn't look at me. He's staring at the universe like it betrayed him. I can carry you, Simon. But how can I carry this entire world? I can hear sirens in the distance, shouts carrying through the trees in the direction of the gate. The cops at Rael ran off with the tear gas are recovering at the end of the driveway. The governor emerges from a side door and stumbles his way through the woods, coffin and half-blind. None of it matters to Rael. He keeps watching the stars as if expecting them to have something to say. It makes no sense. The sick and hungry are all around you, yet you do nearly nothing. The desperate and the penniless arrive at your door and you call them names and put them in cages. You kill each other over land, or money, or stories. You are driven by greed and fear. These evils are obvious, and most of you just watch them happen. How could you? How could you do this to yourselves? How could my people do the same? I don't know. Maybe it's in our natures. He clenches his hands into fists as I say that. Do you know how awful that thought is? If your people and mine both were born to this fate, how can we bear it? Life is the only way the universe acquires meaning. And to think that something so sublime will inevitably turn on itself, become tawdry and petty, and come to a pathetic 
self-inflicted end. It seems a cruel joke. It would be the greatest waste. It can't be that way. It can't, Simon. We did it to ourselves? I thought there must be some reason why my people would be so lost, so confused. Something outside of us with malice in its heart. And that it must be the same for your people, too. But no, there isn't. There's nothing else to blame. The darkness isn't inside you. It is you. What a fool I've been. He turns his unearthly gaze down to the roof and then just sits down, slumped, head over his knees. I think that if he had tears, he would weep. I haul myself to my feet, shuffle over and plop down next to him. So, uh, that's it. We're gonna tear each other apart, just like your people did. And you're gonna let it happen. I don't know, Simon. What would you have me do? Let's keep going. Let's figure a way out of this, and what would be the point? I'm sorry that this journey was meaningless. It wasn't meaningless to me. It wasn't meaningless to the people you helped. What about them? I cannot fight the darker impulses of your entire species. I cannot fight the reckless greed of the whole planet. I'm not strong enough. I reach over and I put my hand on his shoulder. No one is alone. You got me, and you got Satya, and you got people like Gary and Doreen and Santiago and Janice. And we're a pretty ragtag bunch, not your usual team of heroes. We're not rich, we don't have any equipment but determination. No weapons but will and hands. But hey, we outsmarted the Theta Group, the governor, the police of the whole state. That's gotta count for something, right? He keeps staring down, his long hair spilling over his glowing eyes. There are thousands of other governors, thousands of pilot quades with their money and authority and manipulation. It's too much, Simon. There is good in you, but not enough. Not enough to stand against them. The good we do gets lost in the dark. Satya said that to you under the capital. Maybe we can't conquer our vices, but we can help each other build our virtues. Would that help? He lifts his head just a little. I... I don't know. The two of us stare across the starlit trees, with the roofs of the million-dollar houses nestled among them. I don't either. I mean, you're the one who can see the big picture. Maybe you're right. I mean, honestly, what good can a man like me do against the governors of the world? Before I came with you, I spent all my time worrying about being sick, or having enough money for food, or just being so lonely all the time. It's hard to think about others when you're consumed with fear for yourself. Rail then slowly stands and takes two slow steps to the edge of the roof. If you had less fear in your heart, there may be more room for compassion. Something has changed in him now. His fingers twitch anxiously. He peers off toward the horizon, brows knit. But will it be enough? 
Well, what? I do not know if I can save this world, Simon. But perhaps I can give it a chance. How? First, I must ask you something. He turns and goes to me, kneeling and looking me in the eyes. His shining gaze sent in shivers down me. There is one thing your people must learn to do. One thing upon which all this depends. One commandment, huh? <laughs> okay. What is it? You must learn to love everyone. Without exception. Without qualification. Everyone. You may never shed your impulses to be selfish and tribal and fearful. But if you can learn to love everyone, then perhaps there is hope. If you cannot, then what I do will not save you, because it did not save my people. Are you different? Do you think your people can do this? You want me to answer for the whole world? I don't know, Rael. I... You are a good man, Simon. You are wise. More than many, you have seen hardship and the callous indifference of others. I am not asking you to answer for the whole world. Just answer for yourself. Well, Hale. Here we were worried about Rael judging the Earth. Why do I suddenly feel like it's me? But I think about everything that's happened to me. Everything I've seen. And I give him my honest answer. I don't know. You're asking me if people are fundamentally good or bad. How am I supposed to answer? We're pretty stubborn. We end up doing terrible things to each other without even realizing it. But, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, I think we want to do good. It's just so hard sometimes. We spend so much time scared and in the dark. We just need a little light to find each other. Okay, maybe more than a little. And if life is as important as you've said, aren't we worth taking a chance on? Rail stands up, his blue glow falling on my face. There may not be lines in the sky, but there are stars. I will give you your light. And it was at that moment that Rail changed the world. I know it's been on the news so much, talked about, replayed, discussed, but even so, every time I think about it, I still get chills. It started with the same trick he used in the governor's house to put his face on all the screens. But now, it's every screen, everywhere, in the whole world. There was Rael, though that cleaned-up, human-like version of him that we're used to seeing now. Olive skin, sunglasses, neat hair. He looked into the face of the whole world. Hello, he said. I am Rael, and I have come to help. There are problems we face together, problems you already know about. Sickness, poverty, ignorance, injustice, and why some can get help and others cannot. The same can be said of food and clean water, and clean energy. But not only these essentials. There are inequities in compassion, respect, empathy, and service. Some are judged worthy, some are not. 
a few hold the many to ransom, and it is indecent. So long as we want, we will be tempted with greed. So long as we envy, we will be tempted with anger. So long as we are afraid, we will be tempted to hate. And we will not survive these evils unless we can change. To that end, I am starting a foundation, the links to which are now available to everyone everywhere. In the Foundation's database, you will find new technologies, new medicines, new agricultural techniques, clean energy theories, and more. I give these to the world. Anyone may use them freely, with no obligations. I hope they will lead to times of greater peace and understanding. But these will not save the world alone. They are a help, but not the solution. I give them to you to ease the work that must come after. There is only one way, only one law, only one commandment. Love everyone. Do this and never walk in darkness again. And you know the rest. Rael gave the knowledge of his people to us. It's taken a while for the scientists and engineers to figure it out and make it work. But I hear some amazing things are coming. And because the information is public, there's going to be a lot of competition. Keeps the prices down. Renewable energy is the big one. Then uh, new medicines, new advancements in crop genetics. New construction materials to make infrastructure cheap and easy. I think he figured that if more of us didn't have to worry so much about just survival, there'd be more room in our hearts for kindness. I uh, hear they're starting some trials for anti-cancer drugs, but uh, I don't think I'm going to make it long enough for that. But that's okay. They arrested me that night at the governor's house after I told Rail to get on out of there. I figured my running dates were over. I'd just slow him down. But Rael had work to do, so he needed to stay free. I am technically still under arrest, but Rael also released a bunch of stuff on the governor that night, not just about Six Ashes Golf Course, but a bunch of other shady dealings he was involved in. He had to resign shortly thereafter and is still fending off criminal charges. Because of that, and because I agreed to talk about Rael with the authorities, and because of my health, I... Doubt that I'll ever see jail time. Sacha's in a little better spot than I am. Last I heard from her, she was on parole and finishing high school. They're letting her be herself, not forcing her to dress like a boy anymore. And I'm happy about that. I miss her, though. (laughs) And even that old RV, which is in an impound yard somewhere. I haven't seen Rael in person since that night. He's off somewhere, running the foundation, probably hidden away in some abandoned warehouse. I've seen the Rael everyone sees on TV sometimes when he makes appearances. But of course, he's always on screen, always remotely. But I know he's looking after me. Every so often, I'll get a note on my phone or see something flicker on a screen. I know he's in our networks, traveling the world in seconds. Absorbing our lives, our histories, our actions. It's a little bit scary, yeah, 
to know that almost anyone could be an open book to Rael. He sees everything we are, the good and the evil. There is still the worry that he might decide that we're a lost cause. But see, Mara Ostrom thought Rael was going to destroy us all. But Rael is not a weapon from another world. He's a library. He's a repository of all the stories of his people, their memories, their triumphs and agonies, their learning and philosophy. And now he's becoming the same for us. I'm not sure what comes next. It's an exciting time. A lot of people are hopeful. A lot of people who have been in charge are scared. You can bet there are plans to control Rail's foundation or destroy it. I'm sure the Theta Group isn't done with him. That's the thing we have to remember. All this new stuff means that things might get easier for everyone, and maybe that will make it easier for us to get along. But Rail's people had all this too, and, well, they didn't make it. Rail has a long road ahead of him. We all do. I want to help him if I can. Everyone needs help. Even someone like Rael. But to be honest, I'm not sure I got another road trip left in me. The best I can do, the best any of us can do, is to do what he told us. Love everyone. The Book of Constellations, Chapter 1, was written, produced, and performed by W. Keith Timms. Music in this episode featured Old Tape Loops and Lake Monroe by Rescue Sleeping Giant and Glimpse of Eternity by Maiden. Additional music by Free Sound Collective. The theme is Cycles by Pictures of the Floating World. Thank you to all the listeners and supporters who came along for the journey. Follow us on social media for news about what comes next. Be kind to yourself and love everyone. There's something new I want you to hear. It's called The First Episode Of, and it's a podcast about audio drama and the creative process. In each show, I listen to the first episode of an indie audio drama and then have a discussion with the creators about their methods, their struggles, and successes. It's great conversation for anyone interested in storytelling and creativity. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts or at thefirstepisodeof.com. Give it a listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.